0: Good Up is our space to talk about those experiences in life we didn't know we all had in common. We're the after-work, happy-hour conversation with your best friend. you good up like, hello! The place where you bring up the hard parts of life, the ones that made you laugh, and the things that made you who you are. Because who said becoming Good Up wasn't a little bit uncomfortable? Stay tuned for more information about this week's episode. Hey, beautiful people and welcome to another episode of the good up podcast I am by myself in the podcast studio today your girl is is solo shout out to Deidre. Um, we are going to see her next week but shout out to you Deidra. at least this this you know I think stuff like this is fun though because as hosts we don't often get to listen to the podcast for the first time or we don't get to listen to our episode for the first time, right? Because we're always in the recording. So we know what's coming. We know what was said. We know what's going to happen. So Deidre actually gets the the fun side of, of the episode by listening to it for the first time today. So shout out to you, girl. Um... Today's episode I am excited about because I have a guest who is also a supporter of the podcast, who is a listener of the podcast, um, and she is here. I think this episode was a long time coming, but we have Tamara, so I'm going to let Tamara introduce herself, tell you guys what she does, and then we're going to talk about what this episode is about today
1: i um, Tamara. I am a licensed professional counselor in way too many places um, in the Virgin Islands, in Florida, New Mexico, Colorado. Um, yeah, and co-owner behavioral health practice in the Virgin Islands, where I'm originally from, um, and on St. Croix. And I am, I guess you kind of got it by coastal, right? I'm between Florida and St. Croix. So I'm back and forth, people. Um, I do too many things and can't remember most of them. So I hope (laughs) we'll talk about this.
0: (laughs) I love that description. I do too many things and I can't remember most of them. Mm -hmm. Really and truly, that is the millennial way of life right now because we're all just trying to get our shit together one day at a time. We're going to be talking about finding a therapist and what mm-hmm. that looks like and navigating different forms of therapy. So I guess the the first thing I wanted to ask is, what should looking for a therapist or a counselor look like? Shop
1: around. That's I mean, for the the, the first thing that I always tell people is the process ain't easy. It's not like it, it's not the easiest thing. It ain't easy to pick a partner, like when you date in,
0: it is just as hard to find a therapist in That's the U.S. That's exactly why I named the episode why I name it because Finding a man and finding a therapist really is about the same shit. Honestly, it
1: is. It is. You gotta click with this person. You gotta make sure that they have the experience that you need them to have. They need to understand you. You need to feel like you ain't teaching them all the time about stuff, like culture, which to be a difficult one. Um, But yeah, like. US Google is your friend. VI Google is not your friend when it comes to finding a therapist. Like you just you ain't gonna find the same things when you're looking in a Caribbean for a therapist. It depends, right? You pay in private pay, insurance, or you're using your employee assistance program. Shout out to all employers that pay money for free counseling for their employees because. That's sometimes the only way some of my clients ever make it in front of a therapist because it's for free. You call your insurance or log on to the website and look for providers that are in network. You Google providers in your area. Um, or you call your EAP and ask them to give you, get you connected to somebody in your area. That's the US version. It sounds like clean cut. It's it's not so it's not so clean cut because then they could gain to like some other stuff. But when it comes to the VI, like I said, like Googling your friend. Um, but you got to ask people where to mount mm-hmm. because we don't have a lot of directories. You know, up here you have, or in the States, you have therapy for black girls, you have blackfemale therapist.com, you have psychology today, mm-hmm. therapy for black men, the Loveland Foundation. And there's the one for Taraji P. Henson. They fund free therapy and they fund um, scholarships for therapists to go mm-hmm. and become a therapist and stuff like that. But back to the question, right? Uh, how do you find a therapist? You have to do some looking and some digging. And it's not as easy as finding like a, uh, a PCP, like a general practitioner for health care. I have the wonderful experience of working for an insurance company being a person that'll help you try to find a therapist and I don't know how people to do it I don't I don't like I'm a therapist and I don't know how people to do it sometimes you're calling a dozen different places in one day and all of them saying the same thing I ain't accepting new clients or I don't accept your insurance anymore or the provider the insurance said that accepts the insurance and is at this practice they don't practice there Mm -hmm. anymore and you can't find them Or the number is not in service. Yeah. So it's tough. Like finding a therapist is tough as fuck.
0: (laughs) And and that's just the beginning part, right? So you find a therapist, you set the appointment, you get in Mm -hmm. the office, and within the first session, you have that feeling of like, I'm not connecting with with this person. This don't feel right. I've been through the. My current therapist is my third, and. Mm I remember feeling so guilty about I call it breaking up. So breaking mm-hmm. up with my other two therapists, I actually ghosted my attitude. I didn't even explain <laughs> to them why I did not I didn't come back. Why I didn't say that. I just ghosted them, right? Which is terrible. You don't ghost people, but <laughs> it don't happen, man. That and I just I didn't want them to put me in a position where I explained to them that I just wasn't feeling it, and then mm-hmm. feeling that pressure to try to explain why I wasn't. Feeling it, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, some of the reasons why you might meet with a therapist and and you ain't quote unquote feeling it. So, when I talk about it, I mean, I was in search of more of an emotional support Mm -hmm. type of therapist. And my therapist before would go straight to cognitive behavioral therapy, right? Which is a form of therapy, right? We can Mm -hmm. talk about that more. They would kind of go straight to the cut and dry, black and white you know, you have anxiety, these are the tools you need to work on to fix those things. And what I was looking for was a therapist who was going to say, you have anxiety, you're dealing with all of these different things. Let's talk about and let's kind of unpack, mm-hmm. you know, why all the, stuff that's yeah, all the, it, all the yeah. things. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that's what I was really looking for. And I think my first two therapists, what they were looking to do was kind of just fix the problem and not necessarily what led to the problem. Right. Mm hmm which no shade to them they were just doing their jobs but it's just it's not the form of therapy that i needed now for some people they like that they don't like the very sort of like emotional connection that some people have in therapy i wanted to build a relationship with my my therapist not to say Mm -hmm. i wanted them to like be my friend or like be a big part of my life but i needed that type of matronly sisterly type feel to my therapist relationship because I can't talk to you if I don't have a connection with you. I can't mm-hmm. tell you all of these things. So it took me a long time to realize like, it's okay to break up with your therapist. What is, what is breaking up with your therapist look like? Does it look like ghosting them? Does it look like all
1: teleno- of the above? <laughs> all of the above. No, for real. Like I've had clients stop coming. No, no, just no call, no show, right? <laughs> and it's like, okay, maybe they didn't like me, or maybe it just w- wasn't working out for them. Um, one of the things that I would tell my clients all the time, like the first session, the very first one, is I go over my style and I tell them that I realize I'm not the right therapist for everybody, and I might not be the right therapist for you. And if you don't feel like we click, because we need to have some sort of rapport, right? Mm-hmm. Don't come back. Like, tell right. me if you're comfortable <laughs> telling me, you know, but if mm-hmm. you ain't comfortable telling me, like, don't tell me, like, it's fine. You know, um, we don't get yeah, a little bit of training and we don't talk about this stuff to like, not take it, per- we don't take it personal sometimes, but <laughs> you know, to not take it personal. Like this is your journey. You paying for the time. This is your time to be able to unpack and process and go through whatever and heal and deal with trauma. If me and you don't click, we don't vibe. like, Why are you going to sit there with me? You know? Mm-hmm and then exactly that, that piece that you talk about you said like you didn't want to feel pressured because there's like this dynamic there is a power dynamic you know because we're the expert like,
0: exactly yeah
1: you know i i wouldn't want to be in that position you know like i've had therapists that i stopped seeing and i never said nothing about i just kind of like
0: you no. know yeah <laughs> it didn't I'm, work. No, I'm not booking my next se- session i don't think anything was necessarily wrong with them right i just Mm -hmm. like i said alia they weren't giving me what i knew that i needed and i found what i needed but it took three attempts and don't get me wrong Mm -hmm. these attempts were not back to back so sometimes breaking up with a therapist means you take a little break from trying sometimes and it's okay so what are some of the things in that first session for people who haven't been to therapy what can they expect from that first conversation um is it going to be like you boohoo crying on day one is it Sometimes, sometimes people are coming
1: <laughs> prepared. they are come prepped with all this stuff and they're just laid out. No, but I to tell everybody, take advantage of free consultations. Almost every therapist have a free consultation, 10, 15, 20 minutes where it's just an introduction. What are the issues that you're coming with? And let me tell you about a way out practice, right? Mm-hmm. And you want to ask them those questions, right? First, you want to feel them out and see if it even feels like a thing that can happen. Um, and then how long you've been practicing, you know, um, how many clients were my circumstances have you had to deal with, you know, have how do you usually address these types of issues? What's your counseling style? Do you give homework? Um, what license you have? And then verify, oh, verify that you have that license. or no. that's, a, that's another thing. I've never done that. <laughs> <laughs> i've never done that i'm sure because you i mean we trust these professionals like you yeah. go to the doctor you expect that they have their license right
0: yeah and then like based on my research like they come up on certain mm-hmm. lists so i just yeah. assume like if you coming up on his website you good right you have but a yeah
1: yeah yeah i've never and actually vetted <laughs> yeah if if they come up on your insurance directory then they have an actual license look at your state like just google uh, i don't know um like florida counseling license look up Right. And then put a name in and see because the, the, the cool thing about that is a lot of the states have um, any disciplinary actions and complaints on file there too. So you could see if they have like pending things against them also. Um, I don't know if other therapists gonna hate that I'm doing this but
0: <laughs> but I mean they... no but people need to know Because therapy yeah. still as much as Mental health is a slightly bigger Conversation now therapy is still a very Foreign concept to a lot of people Because mm-hmm. the process of finding a therapist Is intimidating it's scary yeah. Because yeah. again this is the person Who you are going to unpack all of your Shit with so this person needs to be Trustworthy so that's a very good point in terms Of vetting the other good mm-hmm. point you made Is asking questions yeah. I usually don't have questions prepared for the therapist when I, you know, come into that consultation session. It can be
1: intimidating and overwhelming. Yeah.
0: But something I do want to talk about is those different methods and forms of therapy. Tomorrow, I'm going to pass the mic to you so that you could kind of tell us, you know, from your knowledge, what are some different forms and like how, what do they look like for people?
1: There's a lot. Like I said, there's some that I don't even know. I remember... In grad school, the, the supervisor, my, like our group supervisor, he only used narrative therapy, right? And that's all we allowed to use, we allowed to use nothing else. So that's the one thing I refused to do. As soon as I graduated, I was like, I'm never doing that again. But it's like of the telling and retelling of your story, mm-hmm. you know, um, and there's CBT, right? That cognitive behavioral, which it's awesome in doses, depending on the situation. Mm-hmm. If I need to reframe my thinking, if the problem is... Uh, the way I view, I feel, or I believe, you know, like why I believe about this situation, like that's the issue Mm -hmm. and just reframing that going to change things. It's perfect. Right. Um, But then like when you process in like deep trauma, you can't just come with CBT alone. Like there's trauma focused CBT, which is great. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you have dialectical behavioral therapy, which you have to get certified in and REBT right, that rapid eye movement, the, um, yeah, it, it, I don't oh, know, I whole right, <laughs> have heard about it, I have not, like, looked into it, but I guess the way it started, it was, like, um, this one researcher found that certain eye movements that help with relieving distress, so you do learn how to, like, do different things,
0: mm-hmm. Um, in my wheelhouse, <laughs> so I don't use it, Listen, um, I've been told, oh, all you need to do is trip on shrooms and your whole mindset about life going to change after that one trip heard and you're going to be good. And I was like, um, even if it works, I y'all going to have to figure that shit out with me because one thing I ain't doing is tripping, okay?
1: <laughs> but you know, people, they they microdose, they do the microdosing yes. with the mushrooms or whatever. And from what a research said, like it works when it's treating depression i just don't know if i want to yeah. see a clock melting down a wall by mistake because i dosed wrong you know listen
0: i i had one ex- one or, or two or three experiences with edibles too many and anything that alters my mental state to that point mm-mm, it's not for me we're gonna do traditional therapy over here <laughs> but if like you said if if that's your wheelhouse if if it floats your your boat listen you yeah. do that
1: <laughs> yeah my son I can no it's not for me but it but it works it, like the science backing it up so you know yeah. it's cool for some people we have let's see solution focused mm-hmm. right it's it does exactly what it says like it's a short term like I look in to solve a problem I have a problem right now and I need solutions and we're gonna work on solving a problem it's not like no deep looking at your history and like what led up to the problem. I like, guess we have a problem. Let's fix it. Um, I used to do a lot of that. And I'll see a lot of that um, in the military. I used to do uh, military family life counseling. It's MFLUK.
0: Yeah. And yeah. A lot to choose like, from. It does. It does. And and like, just kind of listening to it laid out. I get how it can be kind of intimidating, especially when you don't actually, sometimes you don't know. Um, mm-hmm. It's It's listed on those same lookups that you talked about alias so sometimes a therapist will like list the things that they specialize in but you don't exactly know what their method is so a lot Mm -hmm. of times um i'll see people talk about like trauma or like sexual assault or things that they specifically work with or clients experiences that they work with but they don't specify like cbt or like solution focus or stuff like that and i think it's important for you to know while you're experimenting with therapy or while you're kind of, you know, trying trying on therapists, so to speak, like, what their method is and remember that because mm-hmm. it could be the person, but it could also be, like I said, all the other method. Because yeah. for me, the first time I went to therapy, it was because of PTSD and mm-hmm. they the therapist that i worked with went straight to cbt which made sense because a lot of times ptsd like you're experiencing things based on what your brain telling you is like happening Mm -hmm. right like Mm -hmm. you think the car you ain't gonna crash again because a car you've been in crashed before so Mm -hmm. you have to learn how to kind of process that in your mind but after a while it just wasn't working like i was i was doing the homework i was practicing i was doing all that stuff i still deal with ptsd to this day but the way that the therapist was framing it was kind of like, well, we've been doing this for a month or two months. You know, you already know this is how you da-da-da-da-da. And I was like, I get that. But my brain stayed wilding. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> and, you know, I, I kind of had to decide for me that obviously, you know, I'm not growing with this particular person. Some of it might be me. Some of it might be them, but I'm going to try something else. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Have you had multiple like therapists in your life and why didn't those therapists work out for you? If like you said earlier, there was times where you just didn't come back.
1: Yeah. Sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I know they ain't listening, but I, just... <laughs> um, grief. I, the first time I went to counseling, um, a really close friend of mine, um, that was also my coworker. Mm-hmm. Um, she passed away. And, um, it was hard. It was difficult. It was like a traumatic passing and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And, um, that therapist was so helpful for that, you know, the process and the loss and, um, dealing with some of the anger that I had there too, you know, with, because of like the method and everything that happened. Um, she was awesome for that. But then when I was going through a life stressor, I tried to go back to her Mm -hmm. And it just wasn't, the therapy was just not hitting the way it was supposed to hit, like, you know, and I just, I couldn't, I couldn't go back. So I just didn't schedule another appointment with her. Um, And then I found uh, some years later and some toxic relationships later, uh, I find my other therapist that she wasn't, she's not originally from the Caribbean, but she's from a Caribbean family. Mm -hmm. Um and she was from the UK and I had love her accent and I thought that was so cool when I first met her. But then like she had it she got it. She understood the family dynamics and she understood. I didn't have to explain anything about like being from the Caribbean because mm-hmm. uh, she got it, and that was really helpful for a while. And right now, like I'm in the process of trying to find somebody that. I think might help me more in this phase of life, right? Because mm-hmm. like I said before, I have a lot going on. And I need to like keep checking yeah. in with somebody and somebody that gonna, gonna remind me um to take care of self and to avoid burnout and all of that stuff. Um and the last therapist, Shingo Duda. I mean, you know, just because her approach and her style is a little bit different. So on the hunt. I on the hunt now for somebody new.
0: I'm glad you said it, though, because something that I saw on Twitter the other day was the idea that all therapists should be in therapy, too, right? And you don't think about that. Like, should my therapist be in therapy? Because they're taking on everybody's shit all day, every day. Yeah. So, I mean, do you do you agree with that, that, like, when you go into therapy, you should know whether or not your therapist is in therapy? Not necessarily that you should know their business, but just like a, hey, are you in therapy? <laughs>
1: You know, I would be if I ever ask my therapist, because I do ask them if they've been, like, if they've gone to therapy. Um, I didn't add that as a question, but if it's important to you, for me, um, everybody go through life stressors, right? And I'm only looking at clinicians of color. Like, I only look in, so I know you've been through something where you've been connected to somebody that's been through something, you know, culture or race related, or uh, oppression related. If you tell me that you ain't never been to therapy, I'm going to be like, hmm i don't know if i want to see you but that's my personal preference it's important to me <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know what i mean that my therapist has gone to or is in in therapy but I'll through grad school they pump it in our head like go you need to set an appointment and you need to go even if you don't have a stressor now you need to know what it's like to be on
0: on the, on other the couch side.
1: yeah and yeah. outside um yeah. So I've gone through that and the stressors of not meeting my deductible and having to to pay out of pocket until I meet my deductible and not being able to find a provider that meets my needs and, and understand the culture or, you know, yeah. I've been through that and continue to experience the same the same struggle.
0: Yeah, I think that cultural factor is is so important. Um obviously being in the US, it's difficult, right, to find a connection with a therapist from the Virgin Islands or from the Caribbean who understands that dynamic specifically. But the closest that I can get is, at the very least, my therapist needs to be a black woman, right? Mm-hmm. That's just, like, baseline for me. Um, And I, I remember talking to people in the past where they're like, oh, well, you know, for me, it's just making sure that the person is black. They don't have to be a man or a woman. And I'm like, no, for me, it has to be a mm-hmm. woman, Because of my personal experiences, because I've dealt with like violence from men and things like that. And I don't feel comfortable talking about that to a man. Mm -hmm. It's not his fault. If you're a male therapist, shout out to you. You're doing great work. But you can't relate to me on that level, Mm -hmm. even if you're qualified to talk to me about those things or to kind of help me through those things you as a person cannot relate to me so there's always the chance in my head that you're gonna say some crazy shit during a session and i'm gonna be like it was nice knowing you sir i am going to leave i'm gonna exit
1: Um, stage left
0: yeah, yeah but you know in contrast my husband is experiencing therapy for the first time he has a black male therapist and that was really important for him to find and it's just interesting seeing how like for us it was Similar in terms of like the racial and, and cultural connection, but it was the opposite when it came to gender. Like he mm-hmm. needed somebody to relate to him on that level. But
1: that that thing about like knowing what you want. Know what you want and ask for it. Like and go for it. I ain't saying you will always gay because sometimes you don't like you have to you do have to like bend and like, well, I didn't get somebody from the Caribbean, but I get a black, like, a black woman. Mm-hmm. Or you don't know, yeah. the only person I could get got was this black man and he happens to be okay and I feel comfortable, mm-hmm. cool. Um, but like know what you want, you know, is it important to me to have somebody that's from the same culture or similar cultures? Because it'll make a difference. Um, is all that stuff that we do have in the back of our head mm-hmm. what between what we want to say and what we actually say? Like it'll just be there. Yeah. and I ain't I ain't gonna feel like like you, I'm not going to feel comfortable talking to To a man about like some of the hurts that I've experienced and some of the traumas that I've experienced because of men, you know, what I mean,
0: yeah, Um, or just like, for example, bringing up something about like work and, you know, my aggressions or microaggressions from white people, but also microaggressions in terms of gender. Right? Things that I'm experiencing with men at work. And then like my fear is I come to therapy and I tell you, Oh, this male coworker said this and this and that. And you being like, Well, what did you find wrong with what they said? And me being like, How the fuck do you not (laughs) see what's wrong with what is same thing with a Caribbean thing, right? And I actually experienced this with my therapist. I brought up the fact that, you know, my mother was not as affectionate as a person as I would have hoped for her to be. And um, I think the question she asked was something along the lines was like, well why do you think you know it's it's like this right And I feel like from her perspective it's well what do you think your mom experienced as a child to you know end up this way but I feel like if I were sitting in front of a, another Caribbean woman, it would be understood she knows because all Caribbean mothers are like this they're not the most affectionate people in the world because mm-hmm. it's a cultural thing. Mm-hmm. So- yeah, there was that disconnect there that I had to explain, but because she understands everything else, it didn't feel like it was that hard to right. make that connection. I kind of explained that to her. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I guess some sacrifices I would have uh, made. It yeah. just, you just don't need to feel like you're, like it's all sacrifice just to be able to sit down in front of somebody, you know? Because then, like, what's the point?
0: Right now, I think this this conversation is, is so needed because. We, as I think a society, are experiencing so much shit on top of shit, on top of shit, on top of shit, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I could sit here all day and list everything that's going wrong with the world right now. But therapy is not... As accessible sometimes as we make it seem right so what resources are there or what other solutions are there for people who let's say they can't afford therapy it's not as accessible like what do you what do you do in the meantime or what is there for people who just can't afford it the traditional way
1: the it's boris lawrence henson foundation Mm -hmm. that one they they provide funding and you get free therapy with a network of therapists that have Signed up with them, um, the Loveland Foundation does therapy vouchers, and you can get therapy for free um, with the providers that they you know have on their roster. Um, ask your therapist if they have a sliding sliding scale fee or a discount rate for private pay, because sometimes they do. Um, sometimes they understand the the barriers to accessing therapy is is money. You know, it's expensive. Um, It'll be hard, you know, because we have student loans. <laughs> but like for me, especially like serving the people in the Caribbean, I don't, if you tell me that you can't aff- afford the full rate, well, what are you comfortable paying? You know, what can you comfortably pay for a certain amount of time to be able to access therapy? Like I am trying to make money be the barrier between, because you already went through, you push past stigma and whatever past experiences and the lack of resources, and then the last thing is my fee. Like, we could work this out, you know. That's me. That's not everybody. Uh, that's our agency. Two one one, The call center. Almost every major city has a two one one call center, and they have uh, resources in your community, specifically like to your area. Sometimes they know about counseling programs or free, discounted centers and agencies that could help you. Insurance, like it, it, it'll be hard. Some people, it's not a, it's not an option. i I ain't gonna lie, and it hurts to say it. It hurts to say that some people cannot even afford thirty-five dollars a week or every other week to go to therapy, you know. Um, and trying to find what that solution is, it's sometimes nonprofits in different areas that want to create scholarship programs for therapy and is asking around, you know. And then. I wish I had a solution for the people that can't even afford the $25 and $35 to see somebody, you know? I I don't, and it, it hurts. It, it hurts to start, at, you know?
0: Yeah. What I, what I will say, I, I think for those people, because there was a point in time where that was an option for me, right? I didn't have a job, so obviously no insurance. And mm-hmm. because I didn't have a job... That $25, $35 is gas in my car that I cannot spend on my mental Mm -hmm. health, unfortunately. Um, And that was when I found Therapy for Black Girls. That was when I found other podcasts that were talking about mental health topics. And obviously, that's not a replacement for therapy. But there are podcasts that take what they learn in therapy. And they kind of bring up those subjects in those episodes. So it's helping you to cope not necessarily fixing those problems for you or providing direct solutions for your specific case but it's kind of in the meantime kind of thing um support groups i know is is definitely a thing like Mm -hmm. i think the biggest thing is just making sure that you are talking about it to someone right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. sometimes that's all therapy is right like obviously yes that person is is certified and qualified to provide solutions for you and kind of help you navigate things in a specific way but sometimes it's just i just needed to talk about this shit to somebody right Mm -hmm. something else i wish we did more often is and what is not coming to mind like community support for things like this right Mm -hmm. um i think especially now with everything that's that's happening in the news of like gun violence and all of that stuff like we don't talk enough about how the past two years mentally have really really affected us in a way that's like scary uh-huh. to think about right but if we were doing more um mm. i guess like mutual mutual aid so community support making sure that the people in awasako can afford certain things i i wish more of us were doing that as a collective to make sure that the people who can't access things could access them like
1: yeah like a little mental health co-op like we don't yes. put in money into this pool to, to receive services um, yeah, I, in different in different spaces, I've heard different things where people are trying to do things like that. Mm-hmm. I remember the beginning of the pandemic, um, my husband had get involved on this like regular Zoom call. People were just talking about like the healthcare and health and wellness and things like that. And for some of them on that call, it was like a, a support group. Yeah, mm-hmm. just these peers that talk about the shit that's going on in the world and how it affects their ability to access care, you right. know? Um, you mentioned this thing about, about like podcasts and, and you like YouTube and stuff like that. I had, uh, I met this one guy, Nestor Velas. He had, he was going through like a really difficult time in his life and, um, contemplating suicide, things like that. And he couldn't afford therapy. He couldn't gain to see anybody. He had no resources and he went to YouTube, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that that is a valid like, form of like therapy because you're not like interacting with a person, but he learned so much skills to mm-hmm. process and he learned what safety planning was and he learned, you know what I mean? Like he learned things um, and that caused him to create a platform called Sanamine, mm-hmm. where it's all of these mental health professionals that just talk about different things different topics you know whether it's anxiety or trauma or relationship stress um I was on there for a little while doing a little series trying to recreate that experience free resources to people in need that can't access therapy you can get into a support group if they don't have one in your area well jump onto this platform and listen to you know these people talk about these different things and maybe you can pick up a skill or two you know Mm -hmm. um and unfortunately, we have to be creative, but we have to be our own advocate for our our mental health.
0: Yeah, I I think, yeah. you know, what that reminds me of too is TikTok, um, which TikTok, it's, it's kind of a double-edged sword for me. Sometimes I come on there and I am very happy to see a lot of different therapists talking about, you know, like you said, different topics that you might be dealing with, different things that you might deal with in therapy. And sometimes it's kind of alarming because you actually don't know if a person is a qualified like counselor or therapist Mm -hmm. whether they are speaking from a place of actual knowledge for me this year and and something i'm still navigating is this topic of like adhd right Mm -hmm. it came up a lot during the pandemic and people started talking about it openly on tiktok and a lot of women i noticed especially women of color started to say oh shit." This is something I have been dealing with for a long time. And I was hesitant to kind of engage in it because I understand that, like, self diagnosing sometimes can be like not something mm-hmm. you want to do, right? But it felt so relatable, right? It was like on point. And I was like, do I have friggin' ADHD? The crazy part is that a lot of these women did not even think about the concept of like ADHD or related back to them, if it had not been for these conversations happening on social media. Now, do I hope that they're actually talking to someone licensed and actually formally getting diagnosed? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Um, But at the same time, it's like, it's crazy how a lack of resources Is Mm -hmm. the reason for so many of us not knowing that what we're dealing with every day is not normal. If somebody is worried that they might have ADHD, is worried they might have anxiety, things like that, is therapy the place that they go to get diagnosed? Do they go to their primary care? Do they go to a psychologist? Like, what is what is the process of navigating, like getting a diagnosis?
1: Asking uh, when it comes to like ADHD, you want, you know, ADHD, any idea of being like having any, like if I have autism or anything like that, go to a psychologist. They'll do formal testing. You know, some counselors could do it, but they have to have like the certifications and all of that to be able to do those kinds of tests. Um, but anything, neurocognitive, ADHD get tested from a psychologist get a formal diagnosis and then you know if they do therapy too great or take your backside to a therapist so that you guys could work on learning the skills to manage all of the stuff Mm -hmm. um for some people having a like a thing to blame for like this isn't me it's my PTSD. This isn't me. This is the anxiety, my generalized anxiety disorder. You know, that's doing this is is helpful. And for some people, they don't want, they don't want it.
0: That's. I think that's my biggest thing about wanting people to go to therapy is that we blame ourselves and we blame like laziness or a lack of motivation or being disorganized or all this stuff. And yeah, sure, some of it might be you, but a lot of it is that we are struggling with these like very real mental issues that Mm -hmm. we could be getting help with but we're not because therapy you know
1: black people are still trying to work people of color in general are still trying to reconcile between stigma and legitimacy when it comes to mental health concerns mental illness you know what i mean like they still like we we still trying to not get a response or feel like if somebody Is depressed because of like stresses in their life that they suffer. They're weak. They ain't strong enough. You know, like those are like real barriers to even considering calling someone. Wait a sec. Wait a sec. I've been, you know, you know, and some people don't even have the language that that you'd be surprised the amount of people that I've seen from the Caribbean that don't have the language to name the emotions. You know something it just off something just feel
0: off you know the way that we talk about other people in the caribbean so mm -hmm. i have multiple friends who both back home and in the states have been hospitalized because they were manic or Mm -hmm. they had like a, a episode and they needed to get treated for it and now that i know what it is because i've experienced it with these friends and they've told me in detail this is what happens you you go you call 911 or you go to the hospital, you get hospitalized, you get put on a psychiatric hole, like just all these things happen. Then you have therapy afterwards. So now that I know it's so enlightening, but I think back to maybe the friends I had back home before I knew anything about what mental mm-hmm. health treatment looks like. And people saying, oh, she got hold up in a hospital. Is she crazy. Like it's a it's very like. A negative thing when someone has like an episode or Mm -hmm. when someone is dealing with like bipolar disorder and they're they're dealing with mania and people are just like, oh, they just went crazy. Like not knowing that that person is literally not in their right. They don't even know what is happening. Right. They're not fully conscious Mm -hmm. of the decisions that they're making, the things that they're saying, because they are just in a whole different space right now. We don't even talk about that in a responsible Mm -mm. way, in my opinion. And it's so frustrating to see because on top of the fact that we're not educated about it as a community and we don't speak about it responsibly, then when it comes to resources, because I think you and I talked about this recently where I had a friend who was experiencing, I think, and I don't even know if I'm using the right term, but from what I experienced with her, it was mania. She she Mm -hmm. was manic. And people were really approaching this like it was like an entertainment topic on social media mm-hmm. and it was so frustrating to see but then also when i was trying to get her help i was like running into roadblock after roadblock after roadblock because i didn't actually know where the hell in in the virgin islands do you go to get help when somebody is experiencing this like mm-hmm. what do you what do you even do so
1: <sighs> mental health in the vi is is interesting um there's a, a good bit of like you know therapists here like there are um mm-hmm. but like if I think about the reason why I get into counseling, my aunt um, suffered from schizophrenia, right? And her life was this cycle of going into the hospital, getting stabilized and coming back out. And then going after meds and going missing. And then we find out and take her to the hospital. And that was it. There was no therapy. There was no anything. There was no, she went, they got her prescriptions. they tried to make sure she took her medication. And that was it, mm-hmm. you know? Um and I was like, man, they have to have something better than than this, you know, yeah, for somebody. Um, and I I whoa, we cool. We were like that was an aunt that I had a lot of face to face time with. So I mm-hmm. saw like sometimes her poke through, mm-hmm. you know, and it was the coolest thing to see, and then I would see like I would just you'd, you'd just lose her, and she would mm-hmm. just like you know be gone, and it was just the schizophrenia that was there, mm-hmm. um, and that's life in the VA for some people. Like that's mm-hmm. just life.
0: Yeah, you know? there is, and it ties so closely with homelessness too. Mm-hmm. Um, and people take it as, oh, that's a, like, like they, everything is, oh, that's just a crazy person, oh, that's just a homeless person. And it's like, well, maybe they're homeless because they lacked access to mental health resources and their family did not know how to navigate that.
1: Yeah, and it's hard because most of the people that practice here, most of them, are also from here or embedded in the community. So you also dealing with i don't want them to go back and yep. tell nobody my business and smart community and i see you in a grocery store or i see you yeah. at the club or i see you
0: you know like i see you at this event back home that's the other issue right mm-hmm. on top of that i don't want you to gossip it's i've known you since elementary school and i don't want to kind of flip the mm-hmm. relationship into a counselor like patient relationship
1: yeah and it's it's funny because like for we we have there like really really strict rules about like no dual relationships and like Mm -hmm. make sure you have like strict boundaries but those rules don't account for communities like ours or rural communities in estates where like it's only a few hundred people there and two therapists like they're gonna know each other you know um and like we to do, I think that we to do a really good job of navigating. Okay, this is too close of a relationship for a connection. Let me find you somebody that gonna be a little better for you in terms of so you could feel more comfortable to talk. Yeah, um, but yeah, this this small community thing to be something because sometimes you know, a client to come and they'll be afraid to talk about things because they figure, you know, the person that they're talking about. I I would tell my clients like, there are chances, yes, that we know, you know, the same people or we're connected in some kind of way or we're going to see each other when we out, see me and don't, see me and (laughs) let's keep moving.
0: So what led to you guys starting greater changes? Like what was the conversation around that? And like, what has that journey been like since starting it? Do you have a lot of people approaching the organization like what have you seen come about as a result it's been a
1: journey um so so Tariq and i so i slid into his dms right but <laughs> but, but it was on some like mental health stuff you know like mm-hmm. it was like man i don't see a lot of like black men that practice in in the virgin islands i wanted to connect because i wanted to start working in the virgin islands again mm-hmm. um um i wanted to be back and like do the thing and he was doing it so i was like hey how'd you get it done because the process wasn't clear on how to get started and I had my practice in Florida. He had his practice on Saint Croix, and we had a few conversations about mental health. And he was just adamant from the beginning. He was like, "We'll work together. We're gonna work together. Yeah. I know that we're gonna work
0: together."
1: <laughs> that sounded <And> like he-, <laughs> he. And I was like, "Okay." He was like, "You won't be my clinical director one day." And I was like, "All right, cool, sure." Um, and then as like the way things progressed well, we ended up, you know, in a relationship. So, yeah. And both, (laughs) both, um, counselors, I was like, I want to practice there. You already have something. We work really well together. Let's combine the efforts, right. And make this, instead of it just being a private practice, let's look at creating an agency, um, and a place where people, I guess the main thing for us has always been like being intentional about point culture at the forefront. Like, your culture is important it shapes the way you interact with as well your beliefs your values so it needs to be incorporated in therapy and you need to feel like the
0: person that you're talking to
1: can understand
0: it's dope to see and it's especially dope to see because the intent was there from the beginning right yeah. this isn't just like another thing that spring up like the intent to actually do something and shift that cultural mindset of like mental health being a stigma is there and y'all are like doing the work but i know that it comes with its difficulties right yeah, like yeah, especially hard. in a community like i was it's like okay the the heart and the intent is there but that don't mean that you ain't facing all, all kind of the, barriers yeah
1: all kind of barriers ain't nobody in in no graduate program ever um, prepared any one of us for the barriers that are be there when you're trying to establish and fight like stigma in this kind of ways, it's, yep. it's something.
0: So what advice do you have for people who are at that point, right? They've processed the things and they feel like, okay, do I have to be in therapy all year, 24 seven, all the time? Like what do I do and how do I communicate that?
1: my clients, when they come to the first session, right? I am working myself out of a job here. Mm -hmm. I am working with you so that you could become your own therapist. So you could work through all of these things, right? You could process, you have the skills you where you are where you want to be. If I did my job right, you don't need me. That's not everybody, but for the majority of my clients, that's what it is. Um, if you feel like, you you come into therapy and you new to talk about you know mm-hmm. um you made all the progress it just feel like i'll catching up more than anything it might be time to reflect like is it time to do you think and you could say it to your therapist like do you think it's time to maybe like cut back bi-weekly monthly a break until i need you because mm-hmm. um, they'll tell you you know i think what's important is tracking your progress along the way um journal Know how much of an impact the thing, whatever the thing is that brought you to therapy is having on your life, have a way to to quantify the effect that it's having, right? Mm -hmm. Um, The way it's impacting your life. And then journal about Mm -hmm. your journey in therapy, the sessions, how you've been feeling, mood tracking, you know, whatever works so that you can look back, you'll see it. Like you'll see the improvements, you'll see the relationships gain better, or you know like you're not as tired and you're not burned out anymore.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then bring it up. Some therapists will. They'll be like, you know I recognize all the progress that you've been making, and I think maybe it's time for us to consider backing off, doing bi-weekly, maybe doing like maintenance and checking in once a month. I'd do it with my clients and they'll be like, "No, <laughs> I want to keep coming. right? But and also, like it's on us ethically to be like yeah no but this ain't doing you no good and what ain't doing you no good could do you harm Mm -hmm. so I'm gonna cut back and I'll see you in two weeks or I'll see you in a month you know um but bring bring it up if you feel like you you don't need it
0: like therapy isn't necessarily for life therapy is Mm -hmm. to get you to the point where you can function in your day-to-day life using Mm -hmm. what you've learned but it doesn't have to be every day for the rest of your life it might be for some people, but it doesn't have to be. It's just yeah. you came in with these things that you want to resolve. You resolve them, you grow, you move on. And maybe down the road, that's the other part, right? Maybe down the road those things might pop up again and you might have to walk through them again. And that is completely mm-hmm. fine. Mm-hmm.
1: It's yep. totally fine. Like the change and circumstances the change and new people are coming come into your life and old people are leave and all and of a sudden you realize too. Yep.
0: triggers definitely exist because for me you know and speaking openly as somebody who deals with ptsd the initial ptsd happened after my car accident in 2015 right i went to therapy i dealt with it i had you know my counseling all that stuff and years later i got into a very small car accident fender bender no big deal everybody was like you good just get your car fixed whatever mentally though that was not okay so i had to bring that back up in therapy and be like I think that I'm struggling with PTSD again, or that it, you know, I got triggered and this is happening. And I have feel so like, why am I struggling with this problem? I already fixed it two years ago, but it's like, no, girl, triggers exist. Things happen. And even if you resolve something, it Mm -hmm. might pop back up. And that's why Mm. therapy needs to be accessible.
1: (laughs) In interesting ways. Yeah. Yeah. And everybody, I guess it's on us, like those of us in, in nonprofit world in behavioral health world like it's on us to try to make it as accessible as we can in our communities you know if if all of us did that then it would be more accessible because you know we could only rely on the government for so much so
0: yeah well all that being said though i mean thank you so much for for coming on and for giving us all of these like gems and resources because i'm sure even if one person is listening to this and it convinces them to go explore the the option or the idea of therapy and we do our job and that was yeah. my goal so
1: yeah yeah I mean anytime I was like thrilled I was like
0: oh my god I get to be on a good job <laughs> <office?" laughs> yeah I try to bring more people on here because there's so many people just in our audience people who are patrons who have so much like good information to share and and good gems and obviously like have known you and reek and been involved with greater changes and in, in some way for a long time so i honestly think that if you are in the virgin islands and you don't know about greater changes and you don't know about their app and everything that they're doing to make behavioral health care more accessible back home then you need to look them up and you need to make sure that you are supporting them because like we saw earlier, it's only so much the government going to do. So, <laughs> I'm, I'm saying, I'm saying. <laughs> so where can people find you? Um, I know there is also something that you are working on or you have your own personal work that you're doing. So where can we find you and where can we support you?
1: everywhere um okay so <laughs> agency wise um greater changes uh on you can find well you can go to our website right and find out more about our clinicians and our practice at greater or instagram and facebook and twitter um we also have been working on a telehealth platform for counseling and mental health services in the caribbean um that's called change um you can also look up like change therapy app on instagram facebook or twitter and you'll find it um I'm we've been working on a podcast. So we'll see when that <laughs> happens. Um, but you could look us up um at the Christian Counselor. Uh it's going to going to be all things mental health in the Caribbean. So um it's gonna be cool. It's gonna be I'm awesome. I'm excited
0: for that. I'm really oh. excited for that. So I hope that you guys keep working on that because it's needed. It's so listen.
1: Needed. Listen, we are carving out the schedule. Um this summer is going to be a lot of content being created. So we're looking forward to it um and get to be like home and doing all of it like on the ground so it's awesome exactly yeah um yeah but you can look me up everywhere because that's where i am
0: all right and I will make sure to tag her um, in the episode description if you guys are listening so that you can look her up and also those same resources that we talked about so those foundations resources to look up therapists resources for free mental health um, care or behavioral health care access I will make sure to put that all in the description if I don't DM me and drag me I will make sure (laughs) Um, but yeah you guys know where to find us you can join this conversation and talk about your own mental health journey with us um by tagging us at good up pod on all social media using hashtag good, good up tuesday um we posted a question thread yesterday um on this topic so make sure you go take part in that question thread thread on twitter and then of course if you want to help support this podcast keep the lights on um, you can join the vip community over on patreon at patreon.com slash good up podcast we have a facebook group where you can talk about all this stuff you get access to the videos of the episode all that good stuff um and yeah with that being said we will see you guys right back here next week guys we are winding down we are almost done for this season just a few episodes to go so i hope that you guys are enjoying it so far make sure you tell us and yeah deidre is not here (laughs) bye i gonna go ahead and tell the people and bye um and yes, yeah, see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Good Up is hosted and produced by Deidra Ritter and hey, isa Quinones Ivory, and is a proud member of the Kickin It family. Find us on all social media platforms at Good Up Pod. Use hashtag Good Up Tuesday to continue the conversation and get access to exclusive bonus content at Patreon.com/slash Good Up Podcast.